This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Family Network. It's just like putting on old pair of slippers, isn't it? Losing the Burnley at Turf Moor. Uh, joining me today, we've got Adam, Jaffo, and Tom to talk about Wolves. I'm going to say latest defeat because it feels like it's happening all too regularly at the moment. Um, but yeah, for anyone who didn't, watch the game and it's decided you tune in now to find out the result uh Wolves lost 1-0 to Burnley at Turf Moor um Adam we'll start with the starting lineup because I know you did our Forza Football one um a couple of interesting changes we had Silver and Raul starting together which I think was a bit of excitement as well as Samedo and Johnny on the on, on the wings um were you uh, I, I think everyone was kind of fairly optimistic at 1pm when that came out, right? Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I know in the, the, the football lineup I put in, I put Johnny as left wing back, but I never, I, I only half expected him to actually like, play both Samedo and Johnny. I thought he was more of a, a speculative punt, really, that, that that's my, how, we, how, my, how we might line up, but... You, you, you couldn't you couldn't drop Johnny because he is Mr. Reliable and I think it was Samedo is he's had his he must be up to full fitness now so um, he's been probably one of our better players this season so it was natural that he was you know, the right time for him to come back in but yeah the the upfront situation I didn't expect I wouldn't expect Fabio and Raúl to start to be honest I think I just assumed he would go with standard Raul plus the usual to either side of Quang and, and uh, Trinky Trinkan but yeah I'm not quite sure even how it panned out because like Raul you look at some sort of lineups and Raul was either off like he was Fabio who was up, up front and then Raul's behind or it was the other way around or Fabio was like off to the right hand side you know the wide forward and they're quite, they're kind of interchanged during the game, but um, I guess you know if, if Fabio was that wide right slot, it does say, say a lot for sort of Trincao, Neto, Chiquinho on the bench that we're going with Fabio in, in that role. But I think they're kind of interchanged and switched throughout the game. But um, yeah, looking at it, I'd put probably like the best we could have a go at it. Really, I mean, certain midfield options picked itself and. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I'm not sure if Fabio and Raul played together before, have they, from the off? No, nah, it's the first time, isn't it? First time they've, they've played together from the start. And it, it, I, I think it looked like it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think um, we'll, we'll kind of touch on to the first half in a in a bit, but Tom, Jafo, we've happy with the lineup because I think from what I kind of picked up on social media and... Well, to be honest, my own general reaction, I was, I was happy enough with it. It kind of, I, I nearly put it on 
social media and nearly put it in our group chat and i'm quite glad i didn't because i just have this like well that ended badly section I was mm. like it having raul fabio silva and huang i know silva hasn't got any league goals this season but it almost felt like that's a lineup almost designed to score goals like it was like you need to just pick your three players who are most likely to score for you. You'd probably pick them on the base of who's fit. Um, so I was kind of optimistic going into it. Um, I say everything else kind of made sense, but Tom, were you, were you kind of fairly optimistic at you know one o'clock? Yeah, I think so. I don't have really any real complaints. I think um, Trincao and Huang were so bad against Newcastle that. I think I don't think he could play in both again. So uh, you know, Neto's clearly clearly not fit, and um, Chiquinho is probably not not right to start. So um, I think it sort of forced his hand. Really, I don't think he could have played Huang and Trincao again. So uh, no, I didn't have any 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 complaints. It was you know it was something different, and we needed it. I think we needed something different. Okay, great, it didn't pan out as we wanted it to, but um, you can't say that in hindsight. When I saw the team, I thought, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think. Um... I was, I think, champion in our preview show, which is still available if people want to listen to it and work out how badly we predicted the game. But, you know, I'd have been interested to have seen that, you know, more of a three-man midfield, see how you know we could have an extra body in there. That would be the only change. But still, play a bit more front foot, a bit more proactively on paper. I think it was definitely a good thing. And, you know, first half, I thought, although we didn't create an awful lot, we, we looked half decent and we looked in control for vast periods of it. Um, particularly, I think, you know, Adam, you mentioned Johnny. Um, and it sort of feels like he is making up for lost time in terms of how he's playing at the moment. You know, he's, I, I think of the games he's started, he's probably been our best performer in, what, nearly all of them, if not all of them? Yeah, he's... He's played himself into an undroppable position, essentially. Um, it's like, I mean, we have to be careful with him because how he's broken down twice now. And to be honest, I, I, I did wonder when he when he came back in about you know what's going to happen when when's the next time that he might break down again. But he's come back in on his on the unfamiliar right side, and Samedo got his injury, and he's been. He's been fantastic, and now he switched over again to his more familiar left side. And he, the, the cliche was earlier, like it's like an old glove. He's just slotted right back in there again. He's been one of our better players at the first half. It wasn't. Let's probably say this for the game as a whole, but it wasn't. It wasn't great overall. Again, yeah. we just looked a bit. I don't know. One paced. There's a couple of. You know, good passages of play that we had so it didn't really end up with any solid attempt on goal. We just seemed to be playing a bit more conservative football within ourselves. But then you look at the some the stats from our players, the the attacking output and the goals, and we just we're aside. Sometimes we <laughs> with this side we're flying the how we're playing the last couple of games, flying in the face of, of where we are in the league. You know, to, to be a team knocking on the door continuously for Europe the door that will never open to you by the looks of it but we just seem to be a team so devoid of any like attacking output it just, and that just came through again in, in the game today um, you know I, I know the others the other guys think but 
we just seem again just devoid of any sort of ideas at all you know to to break down Burnley I think what you said the reference that you made about Europe I think the door's been wide open for weeks and we've just not walked oh, bloody through it I think like it's it, so we annoying. keep every single time we just choke basically there's yeah. no way of doing it the door's been open and we just haven't we haven't capitalised and it's just so frustrating it's just so yeah. frustrating especially when you like look you know one goal defeat today one goal defeat against Newcastle one goal defeat against Leeds and you know they're, they're, they're all literally in the last five weeks of football aren't they and you know when you look at you know the wins draws losses Wolves I think drawn like four games this season Burnley have drawn like 13 or something silly and you look at it and you're like if we've just been able to convert a couple of these losses that we've had, and like in the previous show again, I, we, we talked about like those three games at the start of the season um, where we like you know where we lost three on the bounce to um, Leicester, Man U, and Spurs, and then but <sighs> these last few something is to say um, Ethan Howe just sums it up. So it's just so frustrating that the opportunities have been there. Um, and we just decided not to snatch him. We, we, like, I thought we looked all right first half. As I said, like I was, I, I was happy enough at half time, but we still didn't really look like scoring that much, did we, Jafo? No, it's, it's, I was a bit disappointed at half time. I just thought the tempo of the whole game was just really mm. just flat. There was nothing. The main, well. I hate to pin it all on one player, but pin it. the fact that scapegoat, well, scapegoat. I don't. It's not really a scapegoat. More <laughs> than the fact that the one person who we needed the last two games has been Nevers. Yeah, just yeah. attempt somebody to to lift the tempo and control the pace of the game because Moutinho's not got it anymore. He's not got that the energy that he used to have, and then don't that just ain't his game. And we just sat there aside, been flat. There's been no tempo to the games. And we just don't seem to want to move the ball around. And when we do, like we did a couple of times today, is when we looked energetic, when we looked like we might we might create a chance. But it's just one of them. It's just I think the squad depth just ain't quite there at the moment, and that's something that they they've got to address long term. Yeah, I think yeah, the the Nevis points. I think it is a key one, and you know, Tom, you said it um, after the Newcastle defeat. Where you know said like the difference between us and Newcastle was like a fifty million pound midfielder, and it's just like for for Wolves we just can't seem to function without Nevers in a team at the moment. Just like the players who come in just can't do anything comparable to what he does. It's almost like I guess Jimenez from a year ago, in it. Yeah, I think Pedence is a massive miss as well for me. Yeah, I think the amount of time, those little triangles that we play, the amount of times Nevers and Pedence are two out of the you know two out of the three triangles um, in the triangle. Sorry, um, and he carries the ball as well. You know, just gives us mm. something different. Like you said, just Jafo said about one pace. Yeah, that's true. And we don't seem to want to beat a man. You know, how how many times could you say we beat a man today? Fabian maybe tried a couple of times, but you know it didn't happen very often. Let's face it. And I think sometimes you need that in a team like Burnley where they're so structured. You've got to have someone who breaks breaks the line, does something different, um, yeah, just just I mean, to give something different. Yeah, because Jimenez did it a little bit in the first half, where like he turned, he gave the ball sort of ten yards, and then he wouldn't quite know what to do with it. And like that, that was like frustrating for me, and it almost felt like he was 
you know, being asked playing a slightly um, different system, and he just didn't quite know how to handle it. Uh, John Stewart says in the comments, you know, we simply hardly create anything without Pedence, and I'm pretty sure that's true. If you, you know, a on the eye test, like we've found in the last couple of days, but um, or and the stats all back that up. But you know, I guess between having you know Podence and Neves out, it's been a struggle. But um, yeah, I say going into half time, I was I was happy nil nil. You know, we're 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 looking comfortable, but fuck me, I don't know what happened at half time, but. We just decided not to show up second half. Genuinely, I think I can't quite remember. Um, forgive me, but when did Burnley score their offside goal? Was that after half time for Vidro? Yeah, initial Vidro. Mm, yeah, it was. Went in off, went in off Cody, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. and like, I, I remember sort of thinking, "Oh, that's a bit." Yeah, it must have been after half time. So like, that's that needs to be our wake up call here, and just didn't didn't happen. I don't. I don't I, I genuinely, I don't quite know how to summarise that second half of Wolves. I think one team wanted to win the game. Yeah, I think one team, one team wanted it and one team didn't. That's what it looked like to me. And that's I hate saying that, like my team, because it's one of the worst yeah. things you can label it. But that's what it looked like to me, to be honest, that one team wanted it a lot more. And even when they scored their their goal there was any even then we we didn't they looked like more likely to to score which is bizarre and nothing Mm. at all it was worse you know if if that was possible i don't know how that's even possible yeah i think it uh, yeah just almost to a man i just say like i didn't quite know how to respond yeah similar to against newcastle wasn't like newcastle wasn't like burnley were great it's it's mental that the fact that we we haven't played for what two two weeks now I know that we haven't been on the training pitch for two weeks because the players have had a week's worth of holiday before then but we've been on the training pitch for the last week. Burnley, I think, have had quite a few games. Yeah, Will in, Martin in said in, just said in a comment yeah. they played Thursday night as well. Mm. Like, and, and we're going to a team who. Have just sacked the manager. They've got the under twenty threes and the player in charge. One of their own, like first team players in charge. In charge, uh, and they've looked more organised and more better drilled and more threatening than we have at any point in the game at all. And in fact, it's a rare thing. But Burnley have actually benefited since they've put the under twenty three guy in charge yeah. and Ben Me. The fact mm-hmm. they've, they've now gone three unbeaten, but. That stopped. But the point being that we should be going there. I mean, again, as I said before, we are where we are in the league. We're we're, we're eight, looking to get in the top seven. Burnley are fighting for their life, and they've just showed us up all over the pitch, absolutely all over the pitch. And we've not literally laid the glove on them. Not no, not had a proper shot, and any real effort of no on the pitch. Not. I haven't looked at the match stats, but I, you know, I barely say our, our shots on target will be very, very low. I can't remember the possession stats, but I think you know we were whilst we had quite a lot of possession in the game, none of it was really you know in threatened positions at all. It's just a, it's just a sad state of affairs, really, because again, what I said before, like there's so many opportunities. Yeah, we had we just like just seen them all off. All these opportunities, like you know, that, 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 game, that game week where we played Arsenal and West Ham. We completely blew that by losing two and both. Where the Leeds game, which you said earlier, Rich, so we just completely threw that away. Newcastle didn't turn up. 
didn't turn up again today. It's just, <laughs> I get, I get it. I get, I get when some people say like, oh yeah, you know, if we finished eighth, we'd have took that at the start of the season. That's a cliche that kind of, it really grates on me a little bit that this, oh look at, you know, well, we, at the start of the season, we would have took this. Like, well, no, because look, look yeah. how the season panned out. Look at what we could, well, not could, should, have, look at where we should be after all this. And uh, amazingly, even after today, like we're still in the position where we, <laughs> if we yeah. went out, the next game, we could still go level with West Ham. So it, it's this never-ending, tantalising carrot in front of us. It's not going away. Yeah, and it's just—it's just like this tease. It's just always there. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, to that again today was just—it's just it's something that leaves you a bit like deflated in general. The rest of your, the rest of your day, when you see today, like how hey, we've just just not turned up in a game we'll be looking at and think. You know, we should we're better than these. We are better than these. We just are better than Burnley. But the form book or the history tells us death, taxes, and lose at Burnley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, that's just how it goes. It's just so inevitable, isn't it? I think yeah. we, I was expecting it. I know I was. The other only thing is as well. It's like United are on the beach, and West Ham have given it that they've put all their eggs in the Europa basket. So mm-hmm. it's 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 there. Like it really is there. But we just can't make that step and I'm sure Bruno made some fact oh this team doesn't stop at 40 points when I keep going and unfortunately it hasn't looked like that at all to me no. I think the intensity the intensity's dropped massively yeah and don't get me wrong I know we can sort of you know make excuses and reasons behind a couple of injured players and things like that but we've had players come back as well like Johnny's come back and alright it's coming because Smado's injured as well to be fair don't get me wrong but, you know, Neto is back in the squad and we, we kind of, I don't know, it, over the course of a season, yeah, eight, eighth is great. But this is a team with so much more potential and just it doesn't need an awful lot. Like, you know, but, but today's defeat, it could have just, if they'd have been a little bit more grittier, should we say, this should have just been nil-nil and just... If, if we're not looking like scoring, which we weren't, because we don't usually look like scoring, just grind out just grind out the draw, get a point on the board, because even if it means West Ham won at the same time, or, you know, you've still pulled a point out of it, and we just don't seem to have that backbone, that resilience anymore. Where it's like, you know what, we're getting something from the game, whereas we're still in this sort of boom or bust, but, you know, I think it's like, Last nine games, we've lost six, one, three. And that's bait. I was going to say it's relegation form. It's not really this season, but it's not. It's not fucking great, is it? No, I, th- I feel like <clears throat> Bolly could be back into the team. Although it's a, it's a good thing on paper. I don't think it's been that great because he made mm. he made mistakes against Leeds in that game. I know quite a few people did, but it, it they, they were big mistakes. They led to goals. Yeah. Today was, I think he was probably at fault um, for for their goal. I, the, the fact that he let the ball get across that easily. And I don't mm. think he was a shining light at Newcastle. I, d- I don't know why he's now suddenly jumped Toti Gomez and jumped Kilman in the queue. I know Kilman's form's dropped off a bit, but I'd rather see Toti play because mm. he's he's been consistent in the games that he played this season and, and Bolly really ain't been. Yeah, he seems to have... Yeah, again, he, he seems to have sort of... Yeah, not not hit full stride in the way we I guess we've seen him play in recent years as well and 
Let's say it feels like you can hang it on a lot of players. To be honest, you say like Jean Martino was one of our best players first half of the season, and again, just without Neves next to him, he just doesn't seem to have that thrust. We know. I mean, no, we're, we're talking players. Um, you know, to to a sort of highlight one, one for good reasons, one one for bad, I guess. But we'll do the bad one first. Is um, it is Jimenez who has kind of gone from being very inconsistent for the first six months of the season or whatever to now uh, just really struggling to find that bit of magic again. And it, it, it's been really tough to to watch. I think, especially you know, especially today. Yeah, it's, it's it's sad, but I'm starting to lose a bit of faith. That's horrible to say, but I think I am. The, the thing that strikes me is he's, he's got worse as the season's gone on. Now, for mm. me, if you've come back from that sort of serious injury, like at the start of the season, okay, the first few games he wasn't great, but then you have the Southampton game. I remember being really good against West Ham, Everton. But I couldn't tell you a good game he's had in the last 10. No. Tottenham, Tottenham he was okay. Um I think I don't know if he's trying too hard. Still, I don't, I don't know what it is. But for me, another thing is that the closer he gets to the goal, the worse he gets. Mm. He, he seems all right on the halfway line. His hold-up play is not bad. He had that great turn before that run in the second half, and then he got close to the goal and he absolutely balls it up. Basically, I don't know what he was trying to do. He ran it into two men. He could have slipped someone in. He could have done anything. But and then he fell over claiming a foul. I don't think his his mentality or his attitude's been anywhere near as good either. Throwing his arms up a little bit, moaning. Oh. He's had the red cards. Yeah, you know, it's a bit but depressing. Really. Lack of lack of discipline is is not a great thing for for any football, in, in my opinion. And you say like his bread and butter. And I think one of the things that I sort of first noticed when he joined Wolves and started playing, like when he would get the ball, if he had to pick it out wide, he would do, and he play it off. But his immediate reaction was, "I'm going to get back in between the goalposts and get as near to the goal as possible because that's where you yeah. score goals." Yeah, dominate that six yard box, and that's the yeah. thing that we ain't done. You know, I mean, so, you know, it's almost it's a bit by numbers, isn't it? But if you've got somebody who is in between the goalposts and gets you know near enough to goal, you're more likely to score. And he seems to have just got a little bit, I guess, shy and reserved of that and having that. You know, yeah, like when he, great example of when he because he had a couple of first turns where he picked the ball up deep, took it on the turn, and thought, you know, and he's he's good at carrying it forward. And what he needed to do was just play it out wide, knock it to Samedo or to Johnny on the other side, and then you just bust a gut to get in front of Tarkovsky or mm. get in front of Collins because that's that's what you do. But he dilly-dallied on it. He couldn't pick a pass. And even if he did, he'd slow down. He wouldn't have progressed that run. And, you know... I've, I think it's going to be interesting. What in the last five games of the season? I guess the um, the balance between him and Silver. Because, right, I don't think Silver was amazing, but he, you know, he he didn't shy away. Is how I describe it. You know, he, he kept battling, even if the rewards still aren't there for him. In the club, are, the club are trying different things. I saw that he tried a new headband today. It looked like a small pirate eye patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that didn't work. Yeah. I didn't work either. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I echo what what you know what Tom said. Really, I mean, there's, it, it's not great to see. Um, yeah, and, and Will's put down the comments. He's, he certainly hasn't been the same player since the Arsenal incident, and I guess that's kind of really take a step back. It's kind of to be expected after such a yeah. serious injury. However, we live in a ruthless world of football, don't we? Where 
if you're not going to be the levels that you were, then unfortunately, as an asset to the club, you're not what you once were, or your value's not there anymore. And I think we do need to have a serious conversation in the summer, or the club will need to have a serious conversation with themselves about what what we actually do with him. And there's, I'm not I'm not sure how long he's got left on his contract. So I'm probably going to say he's got two years left. That's a guess. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure on that. Someone I'm sure will correct me uh, later on, but. We all know how Foson acts or their mentality around what's, what's the value of a player and is he worth more playing for the club or is it worth more if we sell him and get someone else in. The only problem we're going to have with that going forward is who or what, what club is going to be brave enough to stump up the money required to get a player who, you know, is is he's carrying the baggage that he'll be carrying. You know, he's just come off a really bad injury. He's, he's struggling for form. Now, whether that's is that because of some of the players that are around him here and not providing for him? I don't know. That probably could... That's been a bit of mitigation we've got for him and Ez, to be honest, and say, is he getting the chances per game? Don't know. It, 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 but when he gets these chances, as Tom said, he's not just taking... He's not being um, an instinctive striker, really. He's, he's taking the wrong options consistently, almost, it seems. And it seemed today that, that Fabio was, was doing much more work off the ball than, than Jimenez was. I don't know if that was part of the format, you know, how we were set up or whether that was in the game plan, I'm not sure. But um, no doubt he, he will have loyalty ties to us because of how, you know, how the, the treatment he got after his injury and how well we looked after him and the support he's, we've, he's seen from the fans. But like I say, unfortunately, there will be have some, some tough conversations to be had in the summer over which way we go. With this, unfortunately, it's not going to be nice. It's not going to be. I, I can't see it ending well, but unfortunately, you know, we, we've got Jimenez who's on what, six goals for the season. That, yeah, that's yeah. top scorer, six. Yeah. And then his partner today with Fabio has got zero, as you, as you said earlier. So, yeah, I think that they're going to have to be some very brutal conversations in the in the forwards office. In the forwards office, I'm assuming they share like a little, you know, five person desk. That's a small office at Wolves, that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's got a bin with it's like, one of those... yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it's got like one of those bins with like a basketball hoop on, but there's just loads of paper, paper balls just surrounding the bin at this point. <laughs> um, but you're right because you know, him and his. We we're not going to get a footballer, a footballer. No, no Wolves player is going to hit double figures by the end of the season, are they? Oh, no, which is kind Quite of criminal likely. for a team who aren't in the top. You know, who are competing for Europe. Like it, it, it borderline defies statistics. I think in how we've kind of achieved it, but it's clearly the thing that is holding us back. And now, whether that's tactical. And we're not getting players in the right positions, which I don't quite buy, just on like an eye test point of view. Because right, apart from the last couple of games where we've been just woeful, you know, look, look at those three early games when we were carving up chances, mm. and they just, you know, it seemed to be a player issue rather than a tactics issue. But you know, Wang, it, it just has dropped off the boil since that injury, and you know, the the um, the the and now signing announcement seems to be very premature now. 
Um, yes, so I, I was going to say literally as the comment comes through um, from Paul uh, 2020, 2011, Rich, speak about Huang, please. Finish the entire match. Um, yeah. I don't... I feel like all the players offer something because they should do because that's why we're in a team. But we don't seem to, I don't know, get our players in the right position sometimes. Well, Huang was obviously a revelation when he came in. And I, I, I don't profess any of us here. We knew too much about him when he came in. But he got four, I think he got four goals very, very quickly. Um, then he had the injury. And then it wasn't that long after he'd come back. He, wasn't, he hadn't played well for a bit. We announced we'd signed him. I thought, what's, what's the rush here? What's, what's the, why have we just jumped mm. in both feet to, to, to sign him up? I mean, I don't... I don't read anywhere that we were suddenly in a battle to sign with loads of other clubs and we had to activate the clause there and then. There's no reason for us to, to do that. And he's only scored one more goal since then. And I've always noticed just how shit his first touch is. The world's worst first touch for a player. The second touch is normally a header. Is that bad? And he hasn't offered much, if at all, going, going forward. And... The one thing that's going through in his favour is that Bruno really seems to like him, and he said as much on. I, I, saw, I think I saw an interview a while, or read an interview rather with him, and he just said that Huang just does what he says, so mm. he, he likes him. Yeah, he's obviously he's well drilled in training. He just follows out all his all what Bruno's orders are. He, he does work hard. You know, we'll give him that. He's got a good work rate, but it, it does. I, I, I fail to see what what else is contributing. So I, I don't know why we've jumped in and. Twelve million was it for him? Yeah, we've agreed. Mm. I, I just don't, I can't I can't see it. The best we can hope for now is an phobia type situation where we sell him for fourteen ten days after we sign him. <laughs> yeah, it seems an odd one. Um, as I say, the last player sort of had, I want to highlight who they saw because you know we talk all of this about you know how crap we've been of uh, you know um, up front, but gen- genuinely, I think if it wasn't for that guy, we'd be. We we we'd be looking at you know middle, bottom half of the um of the Premier League. I think this season. Yeah, he's handling he's real. Uh, yeah, he's on. He's the top goalkeeper, isn't he? He's uh, he's like Ash Michael when he was at Man United. He's he's worth points in a season, but yeah. we just don't seem to have the players that are on his level. And other than say Neves and a few others, but it's like, I think Stu said it earlier. Um, that we're, we're we're a mid to average team with a top four goalkeeper, something to that extent. I think yeah. that's probably right. I think I just don't think we've got the depth. No, I think it's. I kind of always sort of. I think I said quite a few times this season. It feels like we've got like a really good first eleven, but I don't think that anymore. And I feel like we are great. We we're better than some of our parts to a degree in that starting eleven, but there is just a kind of really kind of strong core. When you you know, say when you've got Sai, you've got Nevers, you've got Podence. And actually Kilman for the majority of the season's been a standout player. Again, you look at his stats and he's I think the highest performing English centre half. Um and wing backs Cody wing backs are decent. Yeah, and the wing backs. But you're still kind of missing somebody up front and mm. arguably one more player down the middle, and I think, I, I think it ki- it kills you. It kills you across a thirty-eight game season if you're not careful. 
I think there's a there's a degree of stagnation as well. I think we've not really bought we well we haven't we haven't bought a centre back since we were back in the Premier League. Um and we bought Moutinho our first season in the Premier League and that's and Dendonka. Yeah. So it's yeah. we haven't invested in, in two of the key areas and bought somebody into challenge. Now I, I don't say that the players are like resting on their laurels and they know they're gonna play. But it's like you, sometimes you need fresh ideas. You just need fresh blood. Just somebody who's going to come in there, just challenge the status quo, especially in that midfield area, hmm. because I think that's that's the thing that's been really badly highlighted in the second <coughs> half of the season. Because we've only got the three seniors. Is that if one of them has a bad day or one of them gets injured, we just kind of like okay, we'll go through the motions. Let's just play the ninety minutes. But there's no invention. There's no energy. There's no creativity or spark. And I think that's what has really annoyed a lot of fans in the last say, a couple of years, is that we haven't invested in somebody who's got that attacking midfield sense or, you know, dynamism who can carry the ball, like you were saying earlier, Tom, somebody who can carry and, and penetrate and break the lines. It's painful to watch, really. Yeah. Mr. Trick, Mr. Trick in January as well. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, All that crap about, like, you know, you, you know, it's hard to sign players in January. I mean, Christ, Newcastle were bottom, were they? A 19th? They're 9th now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mad. Okay, we weren't going to do a Newcastle type splurge, but all that crap about oh you can't strengthen in January is a load of rubbish. And yeah, we really missed it. We got we got weaker. We got rid of Adama and didn't replace. Okay, Chiquinho looks half decent, but he's no Adama, is he? I don't know. Adama's not great, but we've weakened ourselves. I just remember seeing yeah. some comments at the time saying like, oh, we we trying like make excuses for the club, saying like, oh, we know it's, we have a think about. What would the player would the, would the player want to come and join us in January and sit on the bench? Because I think at that point Neves and Matinho were playing well. But well, sort of put, as we've as clearly we've shown, you lose one, and then you're up slack alley because all we've got left is just two 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 senior midfielders. Once one gets injured or if one gets suspended, we could have just got we could have gone out and paid a loan fee for for you know get someone on loan for just the rest of the season at least. Who will give us more options? Go and someone that consults all the data and finds like someone who would fit that mould of an, an attacking midfielder, and just see see if you can get someone in for the rest of the season at the very least, just to see us through instead of what we've got now, which is just just two sort of, as good as they are. Then Don Cruzmatinho, they're they're not going to be that attacking midfielder who runs forward, breaks the lines, and provides some, some sort of some element of service to our to our four players who you know, have have very low goal returns at the moment. Yeah, I think um, I was going to say I won't necessarily shift it slightly too far away from transfers because it's all interlinked. But you know, for, it is the old cliche: football's won and lost in the midfield, and a midfield of Nevers and Dendonkit isn't going to consistently win your games. I know we beat Villa with, with that midfield and whatever, but it's a struggle. And uh, uh, particularly against, um, you know, more highly organised sides, you know, Villa is a shit show. And I think if that's the one little piece of, you know, bit I can take from the show, it's just saying to the Villa crap, I'll take it. But it, you're right. Uh, we missed an opportunity to get anybody in in January because you've got, the way I see it, in terms of like depth, you've got Nevis, who is just like that top, top tier in terms of being at least a relevant source player. Then you've got Neves, uh, then Donka, and Kundal 
with a great respect, is still learning his craft. And then we sent Bruno um, Jordan Jordan out on loan. Um, and all right, I, I don't know much about Jordan to be perfectly honest. And there's a reason he's had to come out on loan because of his injuries. But you think you tell me we can find somebody who is at least could offer something beyond Luke Cundall, who's played, you know, less than 400 senior minutes. And I think he's a victim, victim of his own success, wasn't he, Bruno, yeah. in that regard? I think and he was I doing can, quite well, and I thought, well, carry on. Yeah, and I can completely understand. You don't want to change what's broken, but with a football club, there's a level of continual improvement that's always needed, but you can't just rest on your laurels. And frankly, under Foson... Wolves have done done it and got away with it through, frankly, really good coaching a lot of the time and improving players and, you know, eking out every last little thing that they can get. But, you know, Liverpool are my prime example when it comes to this because they don't, they don't buy in five players every summer. They buy in, like, one player or marquee player sort of thing every either 12 months or every transfer window if they see an opportunity who is going to replace almost their weakest elements that they're unsure about or they need to develop next and we just haven't done that it's in in the two key positions in central defense and central midfield we've barely done it in in attack in in terms of a center forward because we had Jimenez and then you know we then spent 35 million on on silver and you know Will Martin makes a makes a great point um do we give um Morgan Gibbs White a chance and to be honest, I would chiefly because again, you look at his goal, you look at his returns this season, and if you didn't already have him on loan, you're like, oh, a 21 year old Englishman's got yeah. double figures for goals and assists in the championship. You're like, yep, I'll have a bit of that. Um, it's just whether you know we, we can give him what what he needs at this point. I think you know, but that's been a perfect loan move, frankly. Because he's worth he's worth a chance, but only if he's played in the right position. He's so, got to be played central. He's, exactly. Can't have him on the right all the time. We, we, we've we, we've saw this before. We're having him like wide right at the midfield three. We've, we've been here. I don't even know. It's not even up for debate anymore. It's pointless trying to let anyone bring that back up. It just doesn't work there. And hmm. where's been playing? Where's been playing for Sheffield United all season? In that midfield, isn't yeah. they? The attacking midfielder. Yeah, yeah second striker type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So. Whenever we bring him back off loan, we just shunt, shunt him out on the play that's injured, which is probably what like the wide right midfielder. That, that's, oh, well. that's, that's the strange one, really, because if we're, we're playing him rowing and we put him out and he's happy play, we're happy with him playing number 10 at Sheffield United. Yet with Ryan Giles, we pulled him away from Cardiff because they transferred him and playing him. Well, because when they changed manager, they changed him to a winger. Mm. So we pulled him back and then sent him out because we were concerned about his development. Yeah, it, it's something just that things don't quite mesh and they don't quite make sense for what they want to do with the development of these players. Yeah, it, it is struggling. I think but with him, uh, with Gibbs White, I do sort of think, you know what, if he's done enough to raise his stock to a, a high level that, you know, there's a chance Sheffield United get promoted this season by the playoffs and he's been an instrumental part of it. So he's already, he might potentially have an option, hypothetically. It's like, well, hang on, you've either got a path of getting back into walls if we fancy you here, or we sell him for 
15 <clears throat> and we get sold for 15 million which for club will be happy about because we paid zero for him and he funds he basically funds the academy for the next three to five years um I was going to say, drag, dragging it back to the Burnley game, which we're also fond of talking about. A- a- any, I was going to say, any kind of key highlights? Who, who kind of anyone sort of stand out for yourselves? Probably Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean, it sums it up because he's our biggest goal threat for the last month, and he's a left back who's just come back from two crucial <laughs> <Yeah>. injuries, <laughs> and he's our biggest goal threat. It's the, it says it all, doesn't it? Um, but he didn't put a foot wrong. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was really good. Um, and Tino was decent for fifty minutes or so. Fabio put himself about. That's probably about it, isn't it? Really, Samada didn't look too bad. Yeah, um, Bolly yeah. was, was all right, but unfortunately mm. for him, he was the reason they scored because he, he was playing. Was he very crossed on lot yeah. uh, on side? Mm. And then, yeah, he, he, he didn't. He kind of just opened his legs to let the cross come come across to Vidra, so that was unfortunate, but um, yeah, there wasn't really too much. Fabio worked hard. I think, I think I've think i sort of read online, he got, uh, he, there was some boos when Fabio come off. The, yeah. He yeah. Didn't, didn't deserve to come off. Um, I, yeah. can't remember, I can't remember who in the group chat was very infuriated that Silva came off. Yes, Jafo. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, remember, I can't remember who, but someone went full caps locks in the chat on it. <laughs> Yeah, I was rather frustrated. He seemed to be the only one who was going to do anything today. And and I think what the, the YouTube comment earlier that was said about Huang playing the four minutes, I think that was criminal. And I think hmm. I, I don't normally like blame, blaming Lager because the tools that he's got are not really his. But when he makes a mistake to leave a player like that on, and him and him and his, Huang and him and his, who've not done well this game, and they've, they've, they've made no impact on that game at all. And take off a lad who's actually doing something was yeah he, I can't defend him I, I can't I can't defend him keeping players on who've got who've made no impact yeah. I think he's, he's messed up and I, well, there's people who are posting stuff that are stupid on the internet about Lager but I mean he's done a great job on it but today mistakes. Look. It was interesting. They, they booed. Obviously, what obviously was the decision. But if you look at, I think Trincao on the side, he like starts clapping him because he thinks that they're booing Fabio. But then the fans started chanting Fabio's name when he was walking back to the dugout, which I thought was quite a good touch. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it, I think I think just play him now. I think just play him. Why yeah. not? Yeah, he's got he's got chicken and egg, isn't he? He's got. We want him to develop. But the only way he'll develop is by playing, and we're not going to loan him out. We're not going to send him on loan now, like two seasons in. After what we paid for him, we're not going to. He's not going to spend his third season on loan at Grasshoppers or a Championship loan or anything like that. He will play for us. He'll stay in our first team squad, but he's got to actually get minute, like proper minutes. Now his career is kind of. Been Ying, like the mirror image of probably what it should have been. He should have been. He should have had this type of season last year, but obviously because of Jimenez, he was thrust into the starting lineup. So he played a lot more in his first year than he does last year. But it's the, it's kind of got the wrong way, isn't it? So he got his goals, got a few goals last year, played a lot more minutes. But now he's going the opposite way. So how is he going to develop by only getting up this season? He's been mostly like 10, 15 minutes a game. Just needs to play. Like that's where our stock, uh, that's where our money, our investments, been put. 
we just need to see him just start. As Tom says, get, get him started. Starting for the rest of the season now. He won't drop Raul, though, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I didn't know. He's going to find a way to have them both playing together at the, at the same time. But obviously work out better than they did today. Well, that could put a fire, fire under Raul's backside, couldn't it, if he dropped him? Because there's, there's never been a period in his Wolves career where he's been fit and not played. Yeah. True. So yeah. It, might be, it might be just that little bit of spark, just to say, OK, you're not as indispensable as he maybe thinks. Just... And give give the other chance, you know, and let him be an impact sub, and see if he can, you know, find that fire that he needed when he when he first came into the club when he went playing at Benfica, and he, you know, he's he's fighting to to play and stay in that team and stay up front for us. But I think maybe that's what we need to do is to try and some of these players who maybe think they're undroppable, just put them back on the bench, just a couple of games, just to start to get some of that energy and fire back in the team. Yeah, because the thing is, especially at the moment, it's not like Jimenez is offering an awful lot. It's not like he's giving it a bit and we've sort of shown him the two games when Jimenez was suspended that Fabio's trying and definitely got something about him and has been unlucky not to, you know, not to get on the score sheet this season. Um, right, I'm going to move it along from, um, from the game because, well... I'm going to start pulling my hair out, um, to be honest. Um, so I've got um, the questions from Twitter Corner. We've kind of already covered, to be honest, lads. And if not, it's very much angry, angry questions. So I've got a silly one on here. And I've also got one for from my own annals of mind. Um, but we'll go for one from a friend of Fancast, Todd, um, who lives over. It's not He's not Colorado Todd anymore. I believe he is now Minnesota. Um, but anyway, not the point. Um, so he said, a few of us Wolves fans have been getting together to watch matches um, and we're trying to decide the best way to celebrate a Wolves goal if it happens. Any suggestions? So I'm thinking, like, basically, what's the etiquette of celebrating a Wolves goal? I'm assuming, like, on, on telly because he's, uh, he's stateside. Top off, uh, I, swirl it around your head. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> that cannot be beaten. That can't be beaten. Or the Ravinelli. That's a classic. Shirt over the shirt over the face. Yeah, I remember that. Not a fan of and again, I think it's only been more in recent years for sort of for throwing up of beer. That's a waste, yeah. that is. What? Yeah. I don't I don't think that's needed. Like I'm happy when we'll score, but not not to the extent where near ruin a pint, you know. There's no need for that. No need yeah. for for throwing. Some I mean, see, see people do with practically a full pint as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the London bars where they're about eight quid a pint as well. <sighs> exactly. I mean, that's, that's the last wrong reason why drinking at your seats will never come in over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to pay. I don't yeah. Know, to Carlin is in the South Bank, but imagine paying like nearly a fiver for a Carlin just to throw it. Sky high. Well, it's score. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like your celebration needs to match the occasion and the atmosphere. So, you know, you're scoring, like, goal number four, then, you know, maybe doing a Rivaldo top-off to reveal a vest, not needed. If you're in the pub full of people... And it's a last-minute winner. 
then I feel like it might require like a different level of um, celebration. I think it's difficult because I'm guessing if we ever watch Wolves games um, down the pub, it's usually all with other Wolves fans, isn't it? Where I'm guessing Todd watching it in Minnesota or Colorado or wherever, it's probably going to be a little bit more of a varied crowd who are probably, you know, either watch other teams or even, you know, other, other more popular sports as well. Um, so however much I'd love him to give it the big one, <laughs> would his... Yeah, we I think we do. Yeah, I think I think I've seen it before. On when they do the club club yeah. um, thing roundup, but uh, yeah, I can imagine Rich doing a knee slide the full length of the bar. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think. Are you set? Are, are we talking on the bar itself? Oh, I, I mean, if you want to do it, on or the bar. are we talking like on the ground? Because I think <laughs> I could. I'm happy doing either. I'm thinking practically maybe actually on the bar itself makes sense because it's usually going to be fairly slippery, isn't it? I mean, you, you, it sounds like you thought about this already. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of it very quickly. I'm also thinking of a way like maybe if we had like a Jaeger train one side, me sliding over and like as I'm going, I can just like flick him down. It would take a lot of prep. Like, actually, you know what? It could work. Hear me out. Um, if you get a penalty and it needs to go to VAR, so you're like pretty sure it's going to be a penalty. So, you know, the, the bar staff can start loading up the Jaegers and then we just got to hope that we'll score and then I can go into it. Um, yeah. So I think, Todd, we've got plenty of suggestions for you. Uh, personally, I am going towards knee slide on the bar. My question for you three gentlemen is, though, what are there more of in the world? Doors or wheels? Yeah. I'm team wheels, I think. Oh, I'm uh, team doors. Oh, yeah. oh uh, conflict. This is what I needed. Mm. I've never That's thought about it. <laughs> You've heard it well, before, though. I could tell by uh, apathy uh, by being asked the question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wheels. There's wheels on everything. When you think of every the offices there are up and down the country, and there's, there's a lot of doors in there. I know there's probably wheels on some of the desks as well, but there's definitely going to be a shit ton of doors in like office blocks and whatever, and on cars. But there's wheels well. and all drawers. And I think it's like sounds silly, but there's, what like, we yeah, there's those wheels cars. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think yeah. Tom's fro- Tom's frozen mid uh, mid so, explanation. Yeah, I've, I've had this debate a few times. But yeah, too many, too many <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's wheels and everything. Cheese wheels. Cheese. <laughs> oh yeah, I never thought cheese wheels. I had to pull that one out on a, a, a debate on this the other day. That, that's when I was get. That was when I was getting really desperate. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I think I if you like, cla- but do you class like cupboard doors? No, oh, yeah, yeah. you got her in you. Buddy, I don't know who said in. Yeah, somebody yeah, said in the group chat about doors of, doors of opportunity. Like, yeah, the, that, that is grasping. Z- zero. The door is um, your soul. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, we've, if, we've all got, if we've all got a door to our soul, that's like that's seven billion doors straight away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm veering <laughs> towards wheels, but only because I'm next to my daughter's play trolley, 
So I'm like, well, hang on, that's just like a random ass toy in my house, which has got four wheels. But then, like, she could have like a toy car. Do you know, like those big plastic, uh, the plastic ones you have outside? Um, doll, like, doll's house. Doll's house, yeah. Although the, do- the, the door doesn't really work on her doll's house. It's carved more, I think it's actually sealed shut so you can open it. So to count it, I don't know. To count, are we classing anything with a hinge? It's, mm. it, I, I don't know. I, I'm still well, undecided, basically. Car, I was hoping car's between... a difficult one because the car's yeah. got four wheels and maybe a spare, and then you've got four, four doors and then the boot because the boot technically. I was going to say you class the boot as a door. So it's, you know. that's five, five straight there. Yeah, so car, cars cancel each other out. However, lorries, motorbikes, you know, bicycles. Ha- oh, how, however many bicycles there are in Beijing, according to Katie Melia. <laughs> you know, we, we again, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more towards team wheels. But you know what? Let us know in the Facebook comments. But I think that's where we're going to wrap up the show today. And hopefully, you know, we can have these discussions internally guys see if you can work out what you think might do a twitter poll tomorrow to be honest guys to see if we can actually um you know work it out because i'm, I'm keen to see what the general consensus is amongst um our fellow fancastians um but guys that's it for today's episode thank you for bearing with us thank you for not hopefully getting too angry out of the walls we will improve at some point um, hopefully we'll improve against Brighton. Um, we'll be back to preview that show midweek um, and keep up to date with all things social media at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Also shout out as always to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media and um, big, big thanks to 90 Min Football Network as well. Until next time, it's goodbye from Jafo. Goodbye. It's goodbye from Adam. Keep the faith. And it's goodbye from Tom. Bye, Wolves fans. See you next time. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp.